G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, when you would have heard it in the news just a few moments ago, uh, heads will roll. The Prime Minister's warned there's going to be some serious consequences over the failure to prepare for the cyber attacks which shut down the census website on Tuesday night. Well, the ABS is yet to bring the site back online. The Prime Minister is saying that site should be online by the end of today. But he's been quite angry over the failure to prepare for the attacks. Let's get some thoughts from Jenny Stokes at Salt Shakers joining us. Hello, Jenny. Welcome along to 2020. Great to be with you now. Uh, Jenny, perhaps not a lot to be added to what we already know from the media, but uh, there's obviously a lot of angst uh, within the government, within the Australian Bureau of Statistics. It really is quite an embarrassment that this whole thing's failed. Well, I I think that's right. And, uh, you know, as we go along, certainly initially it started out with cyber attacks and speculation that it might have been China because they're upset about the, you know, the Olympics or something. And, you know, look, there are people around the world um, trying to hack in and often successfully hacking into systems. And I think we need to be um, reassured, I think, that the system wasn't hacked into, that data wasn't obtained um, and that it was secure and that it was shut down. And the interesting thing this morning is, is that they're actually talking about, um, you know, if it wasn't an actual attack and they're talking about denial of service, which they actually, the ABC is saying, it overloads a website by simulating lots of users trying to access the site at the same time. And, of course, the reality is we've got 20 million people or more than 20 million people in Australia. Everybody's trying to do the census on census night to do the right thing, even though we've got a couple of weeks to do the survey. And, of course, the main time, it, it happened a couple of times during the day. And then in the evening, you know, 7.30 at night, that's when a lot of people are saying, right, we're home from work, we need to fill in this survey. And you've got millions of people trying to access a website at the same time. And so what Malcolm Turnbull's saying it, this morning is that if it actually turns out from the inquiry that, um, you know, there wasn't enough perhaps capacity to, to take all these people at the same time. So if it was actually overwhelmed by, by real users of the census trying to do that, then heads would roll because it would look as though the ABS in preparing for this hasn't had adequate computer capacity, if you like, to actually take all these people at the same time. And it's an incredible amount to actually have all those people. So I think we'll have to wait till the inquiry to see whether it was a, a, you know, a malicious attack, whether it was, um, you know, false people trying to log in or whether it was actually overwhelmed because the number of people trying to fill in the census. So it'll be an interesting thing to perhaps see what the inquiry does. It could be a Senate inquiry into that. And, um, you know, maybe we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Jenny, I guess the big question, the big issue, though, isn't necessarily, you know, if it's just a, if it's just an issue of technicality and uh, were they able to actually uh, take all of those people submitting their information all at once? Well, I mean, that's just a technical thing that can be hopefully resolved. The bigger question, though, of course, is the security of the data of every Australian submitting those things and the assurance uh, from everyone uh, that that their data is safe. Uh, What are your thoughts on the security of the data? 
Well, I think that uh, the ABS has actually been talking about this week and there has been a number of media reports on it and I think assuring people that the data is actually not revealed, if you like, and, and so some people, you know, uh, one of the Green Senators actually said, well, they wouldn't be putting their name and address on the Senate, even though you're supposed to, because they didn't want their data to be public, if you like. Now, the ABS actually says that the name and address section and the data section are actually kept separately. It's all encrypted. Um, I think I saw, heard the other day it would take, you know, computers, you know, that hundreds of years to actually get through and actually un- unencrypt that data. And the name and the address is actually kept separate to the actual data that you fill in. So I think there are a lot of security things there to try and protect that. There's been other people saying that actually most of the data that we fill in on the census could actually be obtained from other sources, everything from you know, the tax department, Centrelink, all those sorts of things. Uh, we have a lot of data that's already about us, um, you know, online and in other places. So it's not, I think, that it's incredibly personal. Um, you know, so, you know, we're not sort of revealing our deepest, darkest secrets on, on the census form. So, you know, I think sometimes we have to hold some of that in, uh, you know, in in balance. We have to look at the, the various aspects of that. And if we see that, yes, it's important for the... for. A, you know, a coordinated approach to having data about the population. Is that something that's a reasonable thing to do? The census has been, it's been held for many, many years on paper and it hasn't caused these sorts of security concerns or um, the privacy concerns that have come up. And, and one of them was saying, well, it's now going to, they're going to keep the data for four years instead of 18 months. And, and, you know, well, we're not going to support it because of the four years. Well, you know, they were supporting it with the 18 months before that. So, you know, sometimes I think people are looking for an argument on, on some of these things. Uh, let's come to the contentious religion question and uh, you know maybe for some people who haven't submitted their detail yet it's not too late just to encourage people uh, to answer that question uh, very carefully uh, that religious question uh, 19 if you're filling out the paper form I think it was 18 if you're doing it online but uh, you know any thoughts Jenny about what needs to happen with that question ahead of the next census in five years well I think it looks as though the question's sort of been added to over the years. We had a bit of this and a bit of that, and it's kept added rather than having a look at it to say, well, what does a religion question really look like? And I've had a number of discussions this week with one of our readers who's an atheist um, who agreed that, that the way the question is written is actually doesn't make a lot of sense now. Um, for instance, it asks what your religion is, and it starts with, well, it used to start with, you know, various denominations, and now it's got no religion at the top rather than at the bottom, and that's caused a bit of contention, as we know. Um, but some of the others, like Anglican and Presbyterian and Baptist, they're denominations, they're not religions. Um, you know, really what we should have is a question that actually talks about religion. And so then it goes on after these various Christian denominations. Um, then it goes to... Islam, Buddhism, Hindu, whatever, and then other. Um, Jewish doesn't actually appear there. And so we've got, you know, a whole... It doesn't really sort of fit with what does a real question on religion look like. Um, So we would prefer to see a basic question that said, you know, Christianity was your religion. And then perhaps a supplementary question or a sub-question to that saying, well, if you're Christian, what denomination do you belong to? Um, And you could write that in, Um, so that then they could actually say, okay, well, I belong to this denomination, (laughs) you know, United Church, Presbyterian, Catholic, um, 
you know, Pentecostal, whatever it was. So at the moment, a lot of those uh, smaller denominations, Pentecostals, for instance, are telling their people, well, you should write other and then write Pentecostal and then the name of the actual denomination of the Pentecostal church that you belong to. And so there's a lot of emails going around among individual denominations as to how you should answer the question. Um, you could just write Christian there, but then there was an email saying, well, if you just write question, Christian, they thought that the uh, census would actually say that was non-defined, but I think that's a valid response. You know, you should be able to write Christian, and it goes into the Christian category. Um, so I think it, the whole question needs to be redone. And it should actually, we, we like to use the word worldview, and that means that it could encompass a, a range of different views, some of which are religious, some of which are not religious, like atheism and humanism and so on. Um, but, and yet they're a worldview, they're how we actually order our life. Um, you know, we talked about atheism, uh, the atheists running a you know, tick the no religion box. Well, this, the census people actually say that if you're an atheist, you should choose other because that could be um, either a non-religious belief or a life philosophy. You should choose other and then write atheism, uh, not to choose the no religion box. Um, then it went on to say, well, you know, if, you, if you've got none of these, then chick, chick no religion, which actually infers that, you know, that's all part of this religious sort of worldview category. So it's been an interesting little um, development, but I think the question really needs to be rewritten. Well, let's hope no one misses the opportunity to put a submission into the ABS when they call for them, because it seems to be uh, what I've gleaned is that somebody dropped the ball and it really was no one's responsibility, but nobody picked up on on that and uh, made adequate contribution to uh, that whole ABS uh, issue. And let's hope uh, that's tackled in these next five years. Uh, one thing's sure, though, it is not necessarily likely to be salt shakers making that submission in these next five years because uh, some significant news, and if we talk about uh, things that might make us a little sad today, it's the news that uh, you've finally posted a letter on your website, Jenny Stokes, that a time and a season is coming to an end and Salt Shakers is shutting up shop at the end of the year. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, we've been we've been working through this for, for a time. And, in fact, uh, Three three and a half years ago, Peter retired, had some some health health problems. Um, he decided that he was past retirement age and that he needed to step back. He's still been president of Salt Shakers and been writing our prayer focus and so on. And it was decided by the board that I would actually continue. So for three and a half years, I've been writing the news updates, doing the posts, doing things like talking to you on radio, and continuing on. But it felt that that was a time that was coming to a close, that we needed to be able to, you know, have have a retirement. Not that we're going to sit back and do nothing, of course, Neil, but uh, uh, to be able to do other things together, to travel, to interact in, in our local community in a way that we haven't been able to do when we've been doing Salt Shakers. So it's felt, you know, the letter explains all of that, um, how we started, how we've come to this position, and uh, felt that... Um, We've, we've talked with people, even some people who are possibly keen to do it, and uh, and yet none of those seem right. And, you know, prayerfully looking at, at what we should do, some people we've talked with have felt, no, that's not what God wants them to do, and really felt that rather than, you know, move to, you know, keeping the organisation going at all costs and perhaps having the wrong people involved in that who didn't actually have the same ethos and so on, um, that it was actually God's time to say, 
we can close this organisation. There are other groups doing things, putting out information, having a different approach to things. Hopefully younger people will take it up and say, yeah, we actually need to get out there and do some of this. Um, so we've decided on that and we've had some really good responses um, thanking us, um, encouraging us for the work that's been done over the time. So that's been good. Well, certainly very difficult to replace the ethos and uh, virtually impossible to replace the wisdom, the accumulated wisdom over so many years following along the articles and the issues that you've been doing, Jenny. I, I, do, I do sometimes say, Neil, and it's a bit, of a bit of a joke, and we learned a long time ago that we have to hold things lightly and to actually laugh at things aren't, that aren't funny, and we had a pastor pray for that, that prayer for us you know, 20 years ago, and that's really been helpful for us. Mm. But I've often said in the context of that that we actually need to have a brain transplant, that all of the things that we know and understand, and if you talk about wisdom or the knowledge that we've got on some of the issues or how we've interacted with people over many years, that you actually need to be able to transplant that information into someone else, and that is incredibly difficult. Mm. Look, there's been a few who have gloated over the idea that salt shakers might soon come to an end. Uh, you've had a few. Uh, you've had a few uh, people that you've crossed swords with over over many years, and uh, some of those quite happy of uh, your demise. Well, well, that's right, and it was probably stirred up by by a man called Anthony Van Brown. And Anthony Van Brown was a minister in a Pentecost in actually at Hills Christian Church. Uh, was very involved in Youth Alive. Um, many years ago, and then had, had struggled with sexuality in his teen years. He, he describes that in his book. Um, and he actually left his wife and went into the homosexual life. And about, about six years later, he decided that he would actually um, come back and say, well, I can be a Christian and a homosexual. And he's set up an organization called Freedom to Be. He's also terms himself a gay ambassador. And his, his aim is to actually get the churches, the evangelical and the Pentecostal churches, to accept homosexuality as, as normal and as accepted within, uh, within the evangelical church. And he set up a support group and his own uh, writing on that. So he's been very, um, very keen to see any group that, that encourages or engages with people who want to change. He wants to see them closed down and it's become part of his uh, mission in life, if you like, to try and get those groups shut down. So many of those groups, what were part of perhaps the uh, international exodus movement, uh, many of those won't actually speak to the media because they get a lot of harassment, they get criticised, and yet they have an open invitation to many of the churches who do want to be able to offer help and support for those and we would say it in the way that people who are struggling with unwanted same-sex attraction, nobody's out there forcing people to do it. Nobody's sort of saying, look, you must do this. Uh, they're saying, if you're struggling with this, you know, um, you know, we want to support you. And so that's part of what we've done. We've got a page on that that's been copied and pasted on BuzzFeed this week. So as soon as um, Anthony put out his media release, I had a phone call. Crikey has actually put out an article about our closing. Um, I did provide them with the letter because they obviously could get it from another source. Um, and so they've written up what we've actually put in the, in the letter and, and a bit more besides. And, uh, and one of the things that was in our letter is that uh, the first person who spoke at our annual dinner in 2005 was Senator Erica Betts. And he, we invited him to come and speak at our final dinner, um, along with Stuart Robinson, who was the pastor of Crossway Baptist, which was where we started as a ministry. And so our, our dinner is going to be on the 15th of October, and uh, both of those men are, are going to speak.
And, of course, the media want to criticise Erica Betts for coming to speak at our dinner. So that was part of the political angle of some of the criticism. And I guess, you know, in having announced that uh, there is going to be a closure of Salt Shakers, uh, we should say that for listeners to our regular updates on a Thursday, this is not the last of our conversations. We'll continue to have uh, these Salt Shaker updates through until the end of the year. Uh, But uh, there is a process, and if if you've got a following in the way that you have at Salt Shakers, and certainly uh, I'm sure there are many, many who are listening to our conversation now who love to hear the insights that come in our Salt Shaker update on a Thursday, uh, they'll be uh, saddened to hear of, of the news that Salt Shakers uh, is winding things down. But we are going to be continue on through until the end of the year. Well, yes, yeah, so we hope to, to continue all of that and we've you know, asked for prayer and uh, support to be able to, to continue to, to do that. So we just um, just praying that God will provide for us. So over the years, we've found that God has provided for all of our needs, um, you know, spiritually, emotionally, financially, and that uh, Peter, has a, Peter likes to be very down to earth. And one of his expressions has been, if it's God's will, God's bill and that God will actually provide the needs that we have. Because sometimes you think, well, okay, if we, if we tell everybody this far out that we're going to close, people might not give to us. And that's really not been part of it. It's like God, God knows our needs and he'll continue on. And if the money doesn't come in, maybe earlier. But um, we, we're, we're praying that that's the date that we've got and uh, that we'll be able to continue to that. And then during January next year, sort of closing down the office and, and, uh, and finishing up. So... Yeah, it's, it's been a sad time, a difficult decision for all of us. And, uh, you know, sort of when, when I spend a lot of time doing things, writing things, uh, going through the issues, that's a big a big thing to get, give up. But we won't be giving up on talking about the issues because we recognise that most of our readers have, have jobs or they're retired, they're involved, they're getting emails, they're writing letters. And so we will still be involved. There may be other opportunities open up that if we're not tied to regular... Uh, information that we're getting out, God will open other opportunities for ministry, and I'm sure that that will be the case, as well as doing doing things in our local area. Well, we'll look forward with excitement to uh, see how things do unfold as uh, the uh, the end comes for Salt Shakers at the end of the year, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, having lots and lots more. Uh, insights into the things that are going on around the nation, around the world uh, in the time that uh, we do still have available. Jenny Stokes, it might be sad news and people might like to go to the Salt Shakers website and check out the letter that you've got there that uh, just announces uh, the closure of Salt Shakers and uh, and just the encouragement too uh, for supporters of Salt Shakers to continue that support uh, in an ongoing way until the end actually does come. But Jenny uh, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.